Well, good morning, Living Word. If you would, turn with me to chapter 11 of Ecclesiastes. We're going to read from verses 4 through 8 this morning. If you have your Bible, that's where you can turn. If you don't have your Bible, there should be one in the seat in front of you somewhere. And I would love for you to follow along just so you can learn your way around this book of truth and life, but also so you know that what Pastor Dave and I are saying up here is matching up with what's actually in the Bible in front of you. And so uh, you can turn there to Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. We're going to, we just have this week and one more of this sermon series and this book, and then we'll be finishing up just in time for Rally Sunday, and Pastor Dave has already kind of alluded to what's going on uh, for that. So hopefully that be a good start to kind of our, our school year as everything gets kicked off. All right, so chapter 11, verse 4. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the way of the Spirit, uh, the way the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning, sow your seed. And, in the, and at evening, withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Light is sweet and is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all, but let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. Let's pray. Lord, you're a good and a gracious God. We're so thankful that you've brought us into this place this morning, Lord. We know that's not an accident, and Lord, since we're here and since we're among your people, we just would ask that that you would use today's message, that you'd use the worship, that you'd use us the encouragement that we can find from our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, to just encourage us that we would get to come to a deeper understanding of who you are, who we are, and the life and the desires that you've put before us. And so, God, we just ask that you would come now, that you would speak to us. Whatever you see that we need, would you graciously give it? It's in your name we pray and worship Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever had a time when waiting or being patient was the wrong thing to do? It might seem like a trick question, but let me put it like this. Have you ever, like, seen a good deal at the store, but then you're really not sure in the moment, you're like, I should just research it, I should get somebody else's opinion on it, you go do that, and then you find out, like, yes, I want this, it's a great deal, you go back and it's sold out. Or you, the deal's over, whatever that might be. I I feel like perhaps this isn't true, but it feels true when I talk to farmers that every farmer has some piece of land in their past they wish they would have bought, you know? That at the time, it was just maybe just like we couldn't swing it, there's just no way, or I wasn't so sure about it, and now I wish I would have, right? Have you ever had a time where waiting or being patient was the wrong thing? In the day's text, verse 4, that's where I want to focus first. It says, he who observes the wind will not sow. He who regards the clouds will not reap. In other words, if you're so focused on the conditions around you, sometimes you forget to actually step into the doing. You're so focused on, 
on the wind and, and what's going on, like is it a good time, is the wind, all this stuff, like you never actually do the sowing. Or you're so focused on the clouds and what might happen that you kind of, the conditions paralyze you to actually do the reaping. It is so easy to want to wait for the conditions to be just right before we move or act. We want all the stars to align. We want the conditions to be perfect. But he who observes the wind will not sow. And sometimes we may find ourselves paying so close attention to these peripheral things that it's keeping us from acting and doing right in the moment. Church, so many times waiting seems to be wise, and of course, many times it is, and even necessary, but it isn't always wise. Waiting isn't always wise. In some cases, it's downright foolish. And today I want to focus on two negative things that focusing too much on the conditions around us does. Number one, when we focus too much on the conditions around us, it makes us miss the present opportunity. And number two, it distracts you from what's already been accomplished. So number one, focusing too much on the conditions makes us miss the present opportunity. So, flip my sheet around. I often wonder at the end of days, especially through busy days, how many opportunities I have missed because I was just so much in the zone of the schedule and the routine and whatever. You know, you run to an appointment, to a drop-off, to this, to that, and all of a sudden at the end of the day, things finally calm down. It's like, okay, Lord, uh, now what would you like me to do with my day, <laughs> you know, after everything's done? Our focus is so easily shifted to our to-do list and our conditions and what's going on and all these things that seem so immediate that it's tough to kind of just be present in the moments and see the opportunities that the Lord puts in front of, the, in front of us. There's almost a, uh, sometimes I feel like, you know, the, the, the term FOMO, the fear of missing out. Sometimes I think we're so worried about like missing out on the big things God has for us that we're like, Lord, I don't want to miss it. Like, what are you calling me to do with my whole life? Or what, what big thing is coming out in front of us that I really don't want to miss, Lord? And we're so focused on, on those things that we actually miss out on these little opportunities of obedience every single day. And at the end of my days, as I said, sometimes my business, you know, the business, I get to the end of the day, and I always have this, like, this FOMO of like, what did I really miss out on a day? Because I was so focused on getting to the right place and doing the right thing, and all of a sudden I'm like, Lord, did I miss opportunities? I mean, have any of you ever felt the nudge from the Holy Spirit to talk to somebody or to do something, but then you immediately think of the conditions, your schedule, the timing, the social awkwardness, the it's kind of hard to talk right now because I have a canker sore type things, right? It's littlest things. The conditions aren't perfect, Lord, so I'll just, I'll do it next time. In those moments when we're being nudged, in the little moments throughout our days, I don't think it's wise to wait. It's so easy to miss out on these little opportunities while we're just thinking, today's not the right day, Lord. When we wait, it's just, it's so faithless, isn't it? 
And if you think about it, it's so much, there's so much idolatry in it, putting ourselves first and our comfort first and our wills and our plans before the will and the plan of the Heavenly Father who made us and sustains us. It's just so easy to give God kind of the leftovers. Like, God, this is what my day is going to look like. This is my schedule. And once I get done with all of this and all that I have planned, then we can talk. Then we can have a conversation about what you need me to do. And I just wonder how much we miss out on. And that's what breaks my heart. Not a legalistic way of like, come on, we got to do better. It's just I feel broken and, and, and my heart is hurt because what have I missed out on lately? What have you missed out on lately because I've been just waiting for life to slow down, for the conditions to be right? Turn with me to, to Matthew chapter 14. I want to read a well-known story starting at verse 22. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. This is Jesus. It says, immediately he, that's Jesus, in verse 22, made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to, another, to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came... He was there alone, but the boat was, by this time was a long way from land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. And this is where Jesus is walking on water. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. And when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt and when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, worshiped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Apart from Christ, Peter is the first person to be literally walking on water. And do you notice when things start to fall apart? Verse 30. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink. When Peter took his focus off of Jesus and onto the surrounding conditions, fear crept in, doubt crept in, and he started to sink. And it is easy, church, to be so focused and spend so much of our energy on the conditions of the world around us that we can be so discouraged on news reports and where things seem to be headed that we forget about the opportunities that are possible right now in front of us. There might be alarming things that we see, stories that make us mourn, situations that make us sickened, but those conditions should not prevent us from living out our faith right now, being obedient right now. And too often, the conditions make us paralyzed and we dwell on the, condition, the conditions instead of dwelling on our callings. We are called to be husbands right now. 
Wives, right now. Dads and moms, grandparents, right now. Children that honor their parents right now. Friends, now. Ambassadors for Christ, right now. And most of the time, the conditions that we get stressed out about and the conditions that distract us really have no immediate effect on our primary callings anyway. These things that are in the periphery just like seem to be such big deals and we focus on them and fixate on them and they keep us from doing the things that are right in front of us and those big deals that seem such big deals out there aren't having any effect on what you can do and how you can pour into the people around you today. Instead of getting to walk on water with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the joy that that would be, Peter just starts looking, it is pretty windy. I don't know how this is going to hold up. I don't know. And he starts to sink. I think we miss out on a lot of moments to just get to walk with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ even in uncertain circumstances because we, so, we get so focused on the conditions. And we just miss out. And instead of getting to experience the richness that comes with walking with the Lord in obedience, we are feeling discouraged or in over our heads. And because we let the conditions way out there affect the circumstances close to us, now everything seems to be in shambles. Does that make sense, kind of? He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. We don't have to wait for the conditions to be perfect. And furthermore, if you look, back, look down back in chapter 11, in verse 6, he says, and in the evening, or in the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. I mean, half the times we're so concerned about the circumstances, and we don't even know that if they're actually good or bad. We can't even judge them correct anyway. What looks bad and what's paralyzing us and preventing us to step out might not actually be that bad after all, and what looks really good and encouraging might not be that great. We don't even really know it. And so it's all pointing back to this fact of what you have is the present, so get to work now in the present. You might not like where things are heading or where things are going, but you have today. And Jesus is calling us to today. Proverbs 27.1, do not boast about tomorrow. We don't know what that day will bring. We are not guaranteed tomorrow. So don't always wait for the conditions to be just right because, back to number one, it will make you miss the present opportunities. That's number one. Now number two, when we focus too much on the conditions, it distracts us from what's already been done. It distracts us from what's already been done. Well, what's already been done? Your salvation, for starters, your sins forgiven, Jesus Christ's death and resurrection that's paid for your sins, that given the world actually a hope, life after death and abundant life with his Holy Spirit until are the death of our bodies. There is so much to fixate on that is so good that will give your life purpose and meaning and joy 
But it's easy to let the circumstances and conditions of the world pull you from the cross of Jesus Christ. That our minds and our hearts can get centered on things so easily that aren't the cross. In the last few years, have you been, ever been so fixated on something that you've lost track of the goodness and grace of Jesus? It's just like, it's just so hard not to stop looking at this one thing or figure out this one thing, and it just seems overwhelming, and you can't believe it, and pretty soon, you're spiraling out of control, you're up at night being anxious or nervous, and Jesus is sitting there waiting for you to say, oh yeah, I remember. He is good. He is a heavenly Father that provides and is gracious and that will protect me, that never leaves or forsake, that knows all these things and isn't surprised by any of them. There's something in, in humanity that loves to kind of look at the bad out there and then we kind of forget about the bad in here. And when we focus on the external circumstances and neglect the need that we personally have for Jesus, then it's easy just to forget about the cross and all that's been given because that's the problem. This thing out there is the problem and we forget about the need of Jesus in our own life that, and all the problems that he is working on and the forgiveness that's been given for the past mistakes that we have. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, seems to hold this tension all the time that he's, he's always rejoicing in the cross and he remembers so clearly what it took from him. It took his sin and his shame and even though he's the most like brilliantly theological mind ever, he says in 1 Corinthians 2.2 that I just, I, I, I've resolved to know nothing except for Christ and him crucified. Paul seems to never get distracted from what's been accomplished for him by Jesus Christ, even when Paul's in prisons or shipwrecked or getting persecuted or long, whatever it is, he just always has this connection and this focus of what, no matter what's going on in life or what the circumstances are around him, he's just always focused on the cross and the gospel, and he just pulls all the joy and <laughs> that he can out of it. It's just so beautiful. There's a quote by D.A. Carson that says, Paul cannot long talk about Christian joy or Christian ethics or Christian fellowship or Christian doctrine or anything else without finally tying it back to the cross because he's gospel-centered and Christ-centered. Have you been distracted from the cross? Have you forgotten all that's been given you in Jesus Christ? See, when we focus too much on the conditions, it distracts us from what's already been done. What if we lived as a church more out of what has been done for us and to us through Jesus than what is presently going on in our world, country, or even just the chaos of your personal life. Could you imagine what that would look like if you, if, how you would stick out in a world that's obsessed with the current circumstances, how you would stick out if you walked obsessed with all that Jesus has already accomplished for you? 
how much joy you would have that would just stick out, the joy that would stick out of your life if instead of being influenced so much about the disappointing things that you hear or see, that you would live out of all that's already been accomplished in the victory we have in Jesus Christ. Church, the conditions will never impact our Lord and Savior Jesus. He is constant. He is the same. He is unchanging. He is the solid rock that we can stand on. And regardless of the conditions that are around you personally or that you feel around you in the world today, it does not impact Jesus Christ. It doesn't impact your salvation. It doesn't impact the good news and the promises of a God that never leaves and forsakes. And it doesn't impact your present callings. All of those things remain. Every single one of those things remain constant in your life, regardless of the circumstances. So church, don't let the conditions make you miss out on the present opportunities around you. And please don't let it distract you from all that's already been accomplished by Jesus Christ for you. Let's pray. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Lord, you are the anchor of our souls, it says in Hebrews. You are the sure foundation, and when the waters rise and the winds blew, those who build the house on the rock of Jesus Christ stand firm. Lord, I pray that no matter what the circumstances are around us, that we would not be distracted and have it pull us from all that you've already done. And Lord, I pray that the circumstances around us, that our daily schedules do not allow us to miss the many present opportunities that we have each and every day. God, would you give us in some ways a righteous fear, a righteous FOMO, Lord, that we would be just so nervous about missing the opportunities you have around us, the little ones on a day-to-day -day basis. God, we thank you for being a God that's in control, a God that sees and knows all things, and a God that gathers us together, that protects and loves, leads and guides through all of the circumstances and conditions of life. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.